hey, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Very good. Warm, hot, summertime. Really? <laughs> I've probably jinxed it now, but today was quite a nice day. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. Cool. How's everything on your, your end? <clears throat> yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I really enjoyed that movie that I told you about. It's... Uh, it was actually a surprise because we were watching, like, looking for something like post-apocalyptic to watch, oh. and uh, we didn't know what to expect. But uh, uh, it, it's it's like it's very simple, right? It's like it's not a sophisticated movie. Yeah. Uh, just for the those who are joining us, um, the movie I'm talking about is called Mortal Engines, and uh, uh, it's from 2018, and it's starring Hugo Weaving who is, uh, as we know, like Agent Smith and all that, uh, you know, great actor. Uh, and uh, it, it's very fun to watch because it's like uh, styled in this, um, um, what's his name of this, like kind of um, uh, steampunk, right? So it's all like uh, okay. kind of steampunk styled. Yeah, and the story is that there is like a, a post-apocalyptic world where uh, like people need to move in order to find food. So instead of like just moving around, they take their entire cities and they put them on wheels. So the main city in the movie is actually London. So like there is a London, a small London moving on these like huge like tank like, you know, tracks. Uh, and it has like a, a Big Ben, you know, and the, the St. Paul's Cathedral there. And it's like moving around and like... Uh, eating other European cities as it moves around Europe. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really, it's really uh, you know, uh, kind of crazy and uh, trashy, but in a good way. Like, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And, you know, the, the, the script is very simple, but it, it's fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, like, we, we really enjoyed it. Uh, and it's made in New Zealand, so it makes it special. Nice. I'll I'll be sure to check it out. I I like New Zealand films, but usually hate when it's New Zealand comedy for some reason. Ah, I don't know. I, what... I don't think I ever saw. I, I, I the couple of movies that I did watch were more like uh, you know dramatically oriented. So I, I, if you can recommend a good New Zealand or like any New Zealand comedy for that matter. I am the worst person to ask regards comedy in general, but especially New Zealand comedy. Uh, there's, I, I do have some some recommendations. I'll share them with you. Yeah, thank you. That would be nice. Uh, yeah, so as you can uh, probably uh, kind of gather, uh, it's going to be a relatively light and, uh, you know, uh, easy space. Uh, we do have some updates, but not too many compared to the previous weeks. And uh, we're going to answer, obviously, the questions that we have from the community, which also we currently have quite a few. So if you have any additional questions, please be sure to <clears throat> send them either via Telegram or Twitter, and we'll try to answer them. Uh, the first kind of story that I think only, you know, the laziest of, uh, of people and their mothers do not talk about is Ledger. You probably heard about that uh, epic uh, yeah, there was a lot of shit show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in true ledger fashion, there was also very, very poor like communications around the shit show as well. I remember when there was that data leak they had. I think they like leaked the whole ledger database and addresses yeah. and, and this kind of stuff. And I remember then like their comms being so bad and like 
almost embarrassingly so and and they've they've stuck to it and and done it again but what was yeah so now the twitter is full of <laughs> you know videos of people you know smashing their ledgers <laughs> and throwing them away and all kind of uh, yeah uh but uh, so first of all like just to kind of you know really briefly like they have published this uh I would say press release that they're going to have an update to their firmware that will allow cloud backup for the <laughs> for this. I'm sorry, I, I can't talk about this without laughing because it's like the craziest idea ever. So your most uh, important secret that should be kind of kept safe at all costs, and that's why you invested your few hundred bucks and bought this device, and it should never leave the device, like never, and then suddenly they release this feature that allows you to backup it on cloud, uh, you know, with all of these kind of sharding and whatever. But the fact is that now there is an API that allows to do that. And who knows, like, you know, it's, it's not open source, so you cannot know whether it's buggy or not. And they release it as a firmware update, uh, which is also like a poor decision. I mean, you could have created, I don't know, maybe another device for that or done something, uh, you know, differently. And then uh, as they're trying to explain it, they say something like, yeah, but you know, we always could have written this firmware update and you know, we, you wouldn't have known if, if we didn't tell you, you had to trust us. Yeah. And this was like <laughs> such, uh, <laughs> such weirdly, you know, uh, put sentence, like, you know, it, it, it's, it's exactly the opposite of probably what they were trying to communicate, yeah. but uh, you know, and a lot of people understood it uh, as like, wait a second, is it out right now? Can can you get my seed right now, or or, or do I still need to get an update? And uh, one of the things that triggered me the most was the CoinDesk um, article. Like CoinDesk are just unbelievable pieces of shit. I mean, like I, it, it's it's crazy, and they did like this article which says. Uh, Ledger said that they could get your seed anytime, even today, right? And I'm like, wait a second, that's not what they said. They said they could write a firmware update that could do that, but it's not, it doesn't mean that currently your ledgers are not safe or whatever the, the ledgers that were not updated. Yeah. And I mean, people are panicking as it is, and people are freaking out. And instead of kind of trying to uh, provide more useful information, that's what you are doing. You're jumping on this bandwagon and just, you know, put a lot more fuel into the fire. And then I remembered, um, and probably not a lot of people know this story, but when we just launched in 2019, I think it was a week after the launch, we found a bug in the wallet. And uh, yeah. back then I was very young uh, and inexperienced. And uh, uh, I, I tweeted or I said on Telegram, like, uh, listen, there is a bug in the wallet. Uh, do not use it. We're releasing an update or something like that. And then... We fixed the bug, uh, released the update, everything was fine. And then the CoinDesk published an article which said, uh, Beam Wallet put users at risk. And it's like, uh, you remember yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> like, wait a second, the bug was already fixed. And like, yeah, but you know, put uh, sounds the same in all uh, tenses, right? It could be past tense, it could be present yeah. tense. Maybe, maybe now you're at risk, maybe you're already not at risk. And, and it was such a kind of, you know, you know, such a nasty move, you know, this kind of using this 
and, and that's exactly what they're doing right now with Ledger. They're basically just, you know, misleading everyone uh, and, uh, you know, basically spreading misinformation and being Coindesk, which is one of the largest and most read, I believe, uh, you know, crypto portals and uh, kind of news. A lot of people get their news from Coindesk probably. Uh, I think it's just, you know, uh, very bad practice. And I, I, I really wish they didn't do this shit. Yeah. I mean, totally agree. And and like, as you said, Coindesk is, I mean, it reminds me of some of the shitty, like, gossip mags that come out, The Sun and The Mirror. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is with The Sun, you know what you're yeah, getting, yeah, right? Yeah. When you get The Sun, you, you, you're like... True, yeah. You're, yeah, you know what you're, you're going to read there. But in Coindesk's case, it's more kind of, they're trying to position themselves as a kind of yeah. serious uh, news organization. But in truth is... They jump on a lot of clickbait titles and uh, things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was kind of one of the uh, one of the stories that were very uh, loud uh, in the past couple of days. Uh, another story, which I think is also very important, is um, the new regulation on crypto, uh, both in Europe uh, and uh, uh, in the states. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. Are you following? I this? saw the. I saw briefly the Europe one and and saw like twenty billion dollar fine or something. I think it was million, but some ridiculous stuff like that. But I didn't like read into it too much. But I didn't see what the states was proposing. Yeah. So uh, I, I think the the most um, talked about topic in in the European version was the uh, kind of ubiquitous KYC for everyone who is dealing with crypto. Yeah. Like if you are touching crypto, you need to uh, you know KYC everyone. Yeah. If you send your friend some money on whatever chain, you need to KYC them and report it to the government and something like that. Yeah. I mean that that's exactly the problem because uh, nobody is you know saying something very specific it's all very vague but yeah. you know uh, uh, but I, like it's not now it's like in two years or in a year so it's not like active right now this regulation but this is the direction every single okay. point uh in the united states it's even worse because <clears throat> uh, i i mean i'm not really you know an expert in in any kind of uh, legal matters but uh the problem is that they it's not just like they cannot decide exactly what crypto even is. Like, is it a security? Is it a commodity? Uh, there are some kind of, uh, you know, weird statements, something like uh, if, uh, uh, I don't know, a commodity exchange lists crypto, then it's a commodity or stuff like that, right? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, I think they were talking specifically about CME, which is the Chicago Mercantile Exchange okay. or something. And like, okay, so that's who decides whether crypto is a commodity or not? Mm. Uh, like, how, how does that work? And instead of just, you know, kind of trying to, I don't know, figure something out, uh, what is happening is that there is a lot of different kind of pieces of information flying around, each more confusing than the other. And uh, nobody actually knows how to take it. So that's why, like, there is such uncertainty in, in whether, like, who, who can invest, where like what what's going on uh, and obviously that's not helping yeah anymore. and it, it like it seems n not just a problem like the uncertainty outside of like within crypto but also within like the agencies in the u.s it doesn't seem like 
even they can agree on on what's what. So how is anyone else meant to know? Fantastic. No, totally. That's that's exactly what they are trying. They're actually fighting each other, like who, yeah. who is going to regulate it? Uh, the SEC versus the CFTC and all of these, uh, you know, other abbreviations. Yeah, and it's it's uh, not like they haven't had time to <laughs> figure shit out. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, twelve years is nothing <laughs> in uh, government. Time. Yeah, true. Basically, basically, happened overnight for them. <laughs> Uh, I think I think the most kind of uh, the biggest trigger was FTX. After all, yeah, like there were a lot of different kinds of scams, but I think FTX was, you know, the size that kind of caught everyone's attention. Yeah, absolutely, and and the knock-on effect that came with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, and due to the fact that it was like very kind of U.S.-based and uh, yeah. kind of regulated, and even if it, you know it. It wasn't really, but uh, yeah, th that's why. Like, it's it's the, this uh, sentiment of protecting, you know, U.S. citizens from fraud and all that that re really sparked that, and uh, the the size of the collapse and the size of the uh, <laughs> of the shit show. There was like that, you know, they couldn't ignore it anymore, and now they're like running, uh, trying to run and you know quickly fix things, uh, which probably will not go. Uh, it's planned, but you know, uh, that's what we have to live with. Yeah, I I saw obviously far less significant than the states, but I saw that the UK. Let me find it. The UK suggested, but I don't know who it was suggesting it. The Treasury or something. They suggest our oh, UK Parliament committee says that crypto is akin to gambling. <laughs> And they were suggesting, like, to um, regulate it, how or in a similar fashion to gambling is is regulated. Yeah, it, it's it's like uh, I mean, I understand uh, kind of the uh, you know the urge of someone who doesn't understand crypto to kind of sweep it all under the same title, yeah. because in within crypto there are. A lot of different uh, types of projects and coins and whatever. Like you have Bitcoin, and you have Pepe, and you cannot compare the two in any no. way, right? This is the meme coin, yeah. uh, and this is you know Bitcoin, which is like real money if uh, there is such a thing. And uh, uh, you have Ethereum, and you have uh, uh, I don't know other platforms, and you have Monero, and you have Beam. So you, you cannot really kind of you know say. This is crypto. It's yeah. like saying, I don't know, these are, I don't know, cars, but there are different cars. There are like Formula One cars and there are like trucks and there are regular cars. So that that's what's happening right now. So, and that's why it is never going to uh, work. Like when, if you're trying to regulate crypto, it's, it's nonsense. You have to start understanding exactly what you're regulating and the different types of, uh, you know, projects that you have so, absolutely and and also uh, like the different products that people are using to like use crypto whether it's like leveraged exchanges or i mean going 100 times on bitmix or or whatever is probably akin to gambling but like you said buying spot btc is pretty pretty chilled and and so it's very strange or would be strange if they'd lumped it all into one kind of thing yeah i, I think from, from from what i hear this is what they're trying to do because uh 
I, I don't like, watch too many, but I, I watch a few videos of uh, kind of all kinds of hearings and, you know, people, you know, real like government officials trying to explain themselves. I never heard anyone uh, even remotely understanding or trying to say, okay, listen, we have several different kinds and, you know, this is uh, uh, probably more like a commodity and this is probably more like a security. Uh, it's all it's all always like uh, yeah crypto this and crypto that so that's it, it, immediately I, I feel this uh, uh, you know uh, weird uh, like distrust and feeling that they don't understand what they're talking about yeah absolutely I mean and, and I assume that it's like this <laughs> I assume that like every industry feels like this like what is the government doing with our industry yeah. But the, the point is, like, uh, some things, they kind of tend to settle over time. Uh, and I believe the crypto or, like, all this kind of regulation will as well. But now we are in the very beginning of this process. And uh, it, it is, uh, you know, it, it's very popular to, like, you, you have to talk about it. But uh, when you talk without understanding, that, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like... Uh, a bunch of nonsense, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, uh, another interesting story that happened was uh, uh, that Ethereum uh, tried to copy Beam uh, in stopping. Twice. Like, not exactly stopping, but yeah, stop. They didn't uh, finalize the blocks uh, for, for a long yeah. time. And um, I, I didn't. Can you yeah. like? I, I'm a. I'm a technological noob. Can you explain? Like, I understand that the blocks weren't finalized, but I don't really know what any of that means and and what the like actual implications at the time were. Can you explain it briefly? So, I, I can try, but I, I'm not an expert in the subject. But uh, in simple terms, the post uh, uh, proof of stake Ethereum, uh, each block is first validated, so it becomes part of the blockchain. But then, after some time, uh, it is finalized, which means that the blockchain cannot roll back past that block. Okay. Um, we have something similar, uh, a little bit similar in Beam. Uh, we have this period, periodic checkpoint, which only allows you to roll back uh, 60 blocks before uh, you, you need manual intervention. Like, so you have like one hour kind of like finality of the blockchain. Once again, it can be rolled back, but it the node will do will not do it automatically in Beam. Okay. So in Ethereum, it's something similar. And due to some bugs, which I don't exactly know what what they were, but uh, it, it, there are like you have two layers in Ethereum right now. You have the consensus layer, which is the one that runs the proof of stake, and then you have the execution layer, which is the one that runs the smart contract. So the consensus layer is responsible for uh, approving and finalizing blocks. And uh, there was a bug in the client at that layer, and uh, for some reason, the blocks were not finalized for a long time. So the blockchain did not stop, like the blocks did create, but uh, the finalization process didn't happen. <clears throat> the, it, it happened twice, and uh, uh, both times it was about uh, between 30 and 45 minutes, something like that. And, uh, and they have, uh, I think, finally released uh, updates to the Prism and the other clients that uh, are responsible for the uh, consensus layer so now it should be okay uh but yeah it was kind of a rare rare occurrence yes i saw i saw a bit of talk about that and like 
some discussion or someone said that Ethereum broke and then Ethereum Max is getting offended saying that it wasn't actually broken. And so it was, I mean, as with anything in crypto, it's hard to decipher what on earth is really happening. Yeah, that's exactly like, I mean, this specific thing is not special to crypto. It's hard to decipher what happens with almost anything. Absolutely. but I, I think that, uh, uh, you know, it's an incident. It was handled uh, relatively quickly and uh, professionally. So, yeah, like, and, you know, it's, it's working. The serum is working. It's fine. Yeah. No, no need to seems yeah, like a, no need to worry. Seems like a non-event in, in the grand scheme of things, as with, like, the payments of them. I mean, uh, things get fixed and, and keep going. Uh, yeah, like I, I actually uh, really appreciated uh, the support and the uh, assistance that we got from the miners that helped us with the logs, helped us to understand uh, like what what was happening because it was a relatively kind of uh, like a, a, not like rare bug that we could not have caught easily in the testing scenario. It was something that only could happen in the in the wild, and uh, uh, they they really kind of uh, you know stood up and uh, helped us with. Uh, uh, figuring out why this happened. Um, so, yeah, it, it was, uh, I think, uh, very good. And also the community supported. So it was it was amazing. <clears throat> speaking speaking on the community and, uh, like, uh, you know, moving to BIM in general. So, first of all, uh, the BIM assets. Uh, did you see the latest update to the BIMassets.com website? The I I saw the talk of what was happening, but I haven't checked it out. Is the new site live? Yes, beamasses.com. Go there. Like it's my almost like I use it every yeah. day, uh, many times a day. I think I think I don't even close this tab because uh, what uh, beamasses has done is added the charts for the decks, and now you can see the prices on the decks for all the pools. And all of the transactions that happened in the, in this pool. This is very cool. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there is also an interface to trade through this website if you connect your web. Nice. Wallet. Yeah, and uh, it really shows like the statistics and how the prices changed and like uh, really informative. And uh, uh, I monitor a few pools, obviously the BNB Max, the BNB Fleet, and uh, uh, like it's. You know, it, it's amazing upgrade, right? Like you, you uh, it, it was done using the uh, uh, wallet API. It, it's not even an explorer, so it's really like live information from the contract uh, without any delay. Uh, so yeah, I think it's an amazing job. Um, and uh, like, check it out if you haven't already. Really useful resource. That's very cool. I just, I just brought it up and checked it out absolutely wicked job and and huge props to dash 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 i believe <laughs> yes <laughs> um so uh speaking of the web wallet uh like don't tell anyone but it's actually live uh in the chrome store right now the reason we do not pr it right now is because it's the kind of first version after the uh, manifest upgrade and it still has a few issues uh, 
you know, and kind of UI and usability bugs that we want to fix before we start really advertising it. But uh, if you are into uh, doing some testing and playing with it, uh, you can go to the Chrome store and uh, get the Beamweb wallet for your Chrome browser or any Chromium-based browser. And if you then go to dex.beam.mw, you will see that uh, the Dex application is already on the web. Uh, and we're talking mainnet, and you can trade on Dex using your web wallet. Wicked. This is um, very cool. Yeah. So right now, what we're waiting for is two things. First of all, to fix these issues in the web wallet uh, that we found, and also to complete uh, the update of the web versions of all the other dApps that we have. And then you will have this experience of uh, going into a DAP store web page or something, and just clicking on any DAP you want and start trading and uh, playing with it using your uh, web wallet. So this is going to be an important upgrade in terms of bringing new users. You can just send the link and say, oh, here, you can come you know, to this DAP and just start using it without downloading the wallet, installing it, uh, and all of these uh, uh, and then, of course, like if you want to get kind of more serious and more secure, then you will install the, the desktop wallet. But you will get the experience of being immediately without any hustle, which is important. Absolutely. And then, if you want to get slightly less secure, you can you can go on Ledger.com and buy a hardware wallet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now that we support Ledger, <laughs> for God's sake! I mean, come on. Oh, that's very cool, though. Like the I, I've. <laughs> I've uh, I've been excited for this being able to like uh, interact with DApps from a web page simply for the fact that I think it creates a far smaller like burden on the user in terms of setting up a wallet, getting into the ecosystem and this kind of stuff. So I think this will be very cool for bringing in new gamers and, and getting them involved with the DApps that we currently have and, and playing around. Yeah, as long as you don't keep a huge amount of money in your web wallet, like you only use it for like, uh, you know, trading. Yeah, exactly. So um, while we're on the topic of updates, so the web web wallet is one. Uh, mobile wallet is uh, also in testing right now, and I hope really to launch it next week. Um, and uh, another important thing, like in terms of uh, next, development stages is uh, uh, we're starting to build the uh, app for, uh, you know, uh, crowdfunding, don donations, and uh, uh, kind of these funding activities. So uh, like if you are building something on Beam and you want, you know, to get uh, funding in various terms, so we will be able to do this using a smart contract as well. Uh, yeah, so that's coming up, I hope, soon. This is coming Oh, and and yeah, also like a very good time for this. I mean, Beam Assets is coming from the community. Magic Potato is doing an absolute stellar job with the website, uh, and I expect more and more to come through as well. Yeah. Uh, so, absolutely. Like, and uh, uh, we are actively looking for uh, ideas. Uh, you know, to build. Uh, you know, as DApps on Beam, especially things that uh, are uh, engaging for newcomers, uh, you know, people who just want to kind of experience Web3 on Beam and, you know, play with something, whether it's a small game or a kind of uh, 
I know it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a financial application or something as uh, heavy as Nifrit or Dex, uh, but we uh, do uh, kind of try to collect ideas and uh, build smaller apps, which are like nice and easy to start with. Uh, so if you have such ideas, please uh, bring them to us. And uh, in order to forward this kind of idea of developing on Beam even further, uh, I, I thought we, we could have a hackathon, something like uh, in a month or so. This would be cool. Yeah, we, we didn't discuss the details, except that I mentioned it uh, uh, in, you know, in, in the marketing chat. And uh, the idea is that you like you remember the previous hackathon? It's what is disaster. It was, it was a disaster. And the yeah. It was a disaster because you needed to write a smart contract, which is very difficult to do. On oh, I hear your your best friend. Apologies. Uh, yeah, I think I think he says pump beam, but I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the previous hackathon we did it with Encode Club, uh, and Encode Club they're they're great, they're very experienced, but even them could not make anyone, and I mean no one could actually uh, write uh, a smart contract on Beam out of the box because even though we offered help and support and all that, but it, it was very difficult. C plus uh, plus different technology. So at this time, uh, what I was thinking to do is to provide. Uh, Three things, actually. First of all, a basic smart contract that you can interact with, with several simple functions like store value, retrieve value, right? Something that you can use out of the box, and then you build an application on top of that. And this is just web technology. You just create uh, an application with uh, your favorite framework, whether it's React or Vue or whatever, and you integrate it with our uh, existing infrastructure components, like the WebAssembly wallet component and uh, uh, right now, it's just a single JavaScript file called utils.js that you use to communicate with it, but uh, Magic Potato suggested and we all immediately agreed to make it a proper library that you can install and uh, you get a clear API of how to uh, use the wallet from your web page. And I think that it will be much easier for people to get started with that, especially now that we have a lot more examples of really working applications out there that you can use as a starting point. Back in the day, we didn't have almost anything. The second idea is that if uh, you want to kind of combine several existing applications, uh, you can do that because one of the uh, advantages of our architecture is that you can create an application that talks with several contracts and you know, uses the combination of their up shaders to, you know, contact each each contact independently and then combine their uh, outputs in the UI. So you can do this collage of different existing apps, let's say uh, bonds and NFT gallery, right? Or something like that. And the third thing was like, if you have a really, really cool idea that, uh, you know, everyone agrees would be great to see implemented in a hackathon, uh, we can build you a custom uh, contract, right? So we will announce it in advance. Uh, people will submit their suggestions, their ideas, the teams and everything. And then uh, if one of those ideas stand out and we say, this really sounds cool, we will discuss it with the community and provide a constant smart contact. Once again, since it's a hackathon, it doesn't need to be immediately production level. Uh, obviously the hackathon will take place on DAPnet um, to make it faster and easier and all that. Um, so yeah, that was the idea. And uh, uh, 
you know, we will tweet about it. We will start discussing it with the community. Uh, and uh, I think it's something that can be done uh, in relatively uh, short time. And it will, in my opinion, uh, be a great engagement tool for attracting developers, showing them how, you know, um, I would, wouldn't say easy yet, but how possible it is uh, to, to develop uh, on Beam, uh, even though Magic Potato, uh, you know, would definitely say that you know it's not that easy, and he would be correct. Uh, but it is one of the one of the big like benefits I think now versus when we did the encode one is having a lot of these applications and in, in the decks and the Nifrit stablecoin, the voting and all of this kind of stuff to use as examples and, and kind of iterate off of. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, it's always it's always easier to start from something that's working and then modify it. Absolutely. I have to apologize for, for any background noise. The my puppy has decided that after sleeping all day, now would be a great time to, to get excited and, and act like a lunatic. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's usually the, way. Uh, the routine, <laughs> exactly, this is the way. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, uh, I think Hackathon would be, would be a good idea. Uh, and of course, uh, in terms of... Uh, like, our marketing efforts, uh, we need to continue everything we've been doing and do more of it and better. I think that the uh, threads from uh, BIM intern uh, were very uh, good and engaging. And uh, somebody in the green community even said something like, why don't we have such community members to, to you know create such threads about us? Um, and I'm like, Shut up! Your marketplace, like market market cap is higher than Beam anyway. So yeah, no, I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, it was great effort, uh, and um, uh, I see a lot more engagement. Uh, uh, whether it's reply to you know replies to Monero people or like in general, uh, and this is I think it's working. I think it's great, um, and we need to kind of keep it up and uh, uh, continue continue engaging with. Uh, uh, Especially private uh, privacy coin communities. Uh, there are quite a few privacy projects out there, uh, whether it's uh, Firo or Zeno and Monero, obviously, right, and Dero, that uh, uh, have people who are already interested in the topic. And I think we can, uh, you know, try to show them like what Beam has to offer. Uh, I don't think it necessarily has to be like one or the other, but I do think that. Uh, a lot of those people are not exposed enough to Beam, and uh, especially our kind of smart contact and DAP capabilities. And I think they would uh, uh, like what they see. So yeah, just continue uh, this engagement. Once we have the web wallet, it will be much easier. But even now, I think uh, we have all the tools that we need to, you know, to start uh, uh, you know, uh, exposing ourselves and expanding our reach um, to, to these communities. And of course, everybody else in crypto as well. Absolutely, and and like like you said, people that are already interested in privacy and, and may not know about Beam, these are very like potential Beamers, and and these are the best people to approach initially, uh, and and think that also like outside of these privacy communities, continuing to do what we're doing and spreading the word, 
a lot of like great content online from the the community and on Twitter and this kind of thing. Shout out to DB who's doing some great threads on on all of the stuff in the beam ecosystem and and the community in general like it's great to see and i feel like we're building some momentum not just in the like uh releases space but also in the like making noise and and getting attention and this kind of stuff absolutely absolutely that's uh you know uh, it's really fun like going, going into twitter uh these days you know, a lot of great tweets about Beam for Beam, and yeah, I I, I really like like it. It's an amazing feeling. Um, let us answer some questions before we run out of time. Um, so, first of all, um, we have quite a few questions, like, uh, several questions, like not too many today. Uh, the first one is about the ability to set custom transaction fees. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it's it's an important one, and uh, um, we we need to we need to add this to to the UI. Uh, we did avoid it for now, but now that we have uh, smart contracts, and there there is much more importance uh, for setting fees than there was previously, because when you are sending funds to someone or sending just you know beam to someone, and the network is never uh, kind of busy. Uh, so you know it usually gets finalized within one block, maybe two at the maximum. Uh, but now that you have uh, smart contracts and events that take place like simultaneously, like there is some you know something happening at the moment, and you do want your transaction to go through faster, uh, you do want to influence the fees. Uh, also, with the addition of the high frequency transactions, which I'm going to talk about uh, also in a minute, I have some point to make about it um, but it, it became more important so yes definitely uh, this is one of the things that we need to add another thing that we need to add is a custom slippage control uh, for the decks um, right now it's kind of fixed uh, to one percent and uh, you know that that's like you cannot influence that or set that from the application uh, so yeah we have this on our to-do list uh, for the next uh, versions um, Another thing that we need to do for a long, long, long time ago is uh, to remove the ability to deposit Beam into the uh, old DAO uh, staking program. Uh, yeah, it, it's just you know, an omission and we will handle it. Uh, having said that, it, it's important to remind people uh, out there, like if you are listening, there are still, I think, about 4 million. Let me check real quick. About 4 million beam still just lying there in, in the contract and uh, nobody's yeah uh, 4.5 million beam is just lying yeah, there they're occasionally coming into the chat and asking but if you do have beam in there you should withdraw it you can you can do yes. more with it and put it into the dow voting dap and and get ready for upcoming votes yes or you can uh you know put it into Nifrit and then put your Nifrit in the stability True. pool and get BMX this way, or you can put it into the Beam BMX pool and get farming. So there are a lot of ways to, uh, and maybe we need to, to produce a, a guide, right? So in, in general, there are a lot of options today and all of them are uh, better than just, uh, uh, you know, having them sit there doing nothing. 
Um, one thing that uh, I remember back in the day, there were some bots that were, that were depositing minimal amounts. I, I wonder if they still have all of those keys. Yeah, true. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you don't remember the story, there was this weird formula that we used, and it kind of incentivized a lot of smaller wallets to stake. Uh, and somebody did that. Somebody actually did like create, I don't know, thousands of wallets and each of them stayed like 16 beam or something like that, which was the minimal amount. Uh, yeah. So now, now this person will have to go and kind of manually extract or not manually, maybe, maybe he'll write a script, but still extract all of those 16 beam yeah. uh, back. I, I, I hope uh, that it, it is their game still in full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I hope there were no bugs in this. Um, yeah. So, but 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 it's been it's been like that for a long time. I mean, really long time. And uh, anyway, that's like kind of like a reminder of like uh, you know uh, to just get those beam out and do something useful with them. Um, so uh, the last question that I have here in this list is about the Tor integration yeah. and. Um, so let me tell you the story, the story of Tor integration. Um, long time ago, several years ago, we did some basic integration with Tor. The problem is that if we wanted to integrate the nodes like out of the box to use Tor, we would have um, needed to change large parts of our uh, network mechanisms and addressing schemes and all that. So we didn't do it. We only integrated with the, like, with the wallet. And we still have documentation on that line somewhere. Uh, and then it, it was something, but it wasn't good enough. So it's not like you just you know click one button or like flip the switch to you know tore on, tore off. So uh, nobody actually used it. This idea was that like if you want this kind of security, just you know run through v VPN or whatever. But I, I agree that it's. It's needed and it's useful. Uh, I'm not sure we will be able to prioritize, to be honest, in the kind of near future. Uh, the other idea that was also mentioned, which I find even more interesting, is to integrate with NIM. Somebody mentioned that in the community yeah. channel. And this, and like NIM is a mixed net or something like this that's kind of focusing on the privacy at the communication level. Is this right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's a project that does uh, layer zero uh, privacy. Yeah, and uh, the difference between them and, and Tor is that they're running an incentivized network. Yeah, uh, we actually are uh, kind of you know familiar with them and good friends, and we we did some uh, uh, interviews together. There was this short period of time where they did some interviews on YouTube. Uh, so if you look back in history, you will find my interview with Harry Halpin, who is uh, the founder of NIM. Uh, and we did talk about integration options back then, but then they were busy with their mainnet launch and we were busy with other things. So it kind of got uh, got away from us. But I think uh, it would be uh, possible to kind of review this and uh, see where they are exactly, what, what is working, and then integrate with them. I think it can be uh, maybe even more interesting than Tor in, in, some, in some ways. So we definitely should look into that. Um, that was like one of the things that did not come through. Like most of them did, but like uh, there is this kind of guy Korem wish list for Beam, like things that Beam should have been doing. And I think 
this is one of the few unchecked checkboxes, like this detour integration done properly with like kind of uh, uh, you know built-in support. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like... I was gonna, I was gonna say the the tour uh, support story starts with Karan. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's, it, but it's funny. But you know, uh, five years later, and here we are. Most of the things from that long list are are done. So it's it's impressive. Um, that list uh, seemed almost impossible back in the day. Uh, but now we are almost there. So yeah, so these are all the questions that I had in the list. Let's see if we have any additional ones. Mm -hmm. Not too many, I see. Um, there is one question one. in the community chat that I saw. Oh, what does rewards and day mean in the beam liquidity mining? Is this just how many BMX you get per day? I'm guessing. Probably. It's probably Russian for how much rewards you have in the day. Yeah, okay. most likely. Cool. <laughs> but but uh, let me let me check. This, you know, let, let me check that I'm not misleading you. Uh, let me find it and I will try to understand what it means. Sometimes we are not very you know eloquent in our um, prompts. Yeah, yeah. That's how how much BMX you're getting in one day. Okay. So uh, what else is going on? <laughs> the, there was something else recently that I saw that was kind of interesting and and interesting about the discussion around it. Did you see that Tether, <clears throat> the creators of USDT, uh, I think they like for Q one. I, I don't know. I don't know what month oh, or year yeah. for Q Q one yeah. they had like greater profits than BlackRock, whoever that is. I, yeah, the, I don't know. Uh, and a lot of like uh, S&P 500 companies and they're saying that they want to uh, use 15% of like their profit to purchase Bitcoin. And then I saw a little bit of chatter like <laughs> in, in Twitter and this kind of stuff comparing this to Luna. Like right before their collapse, they said, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna buy lots of Bitcoin." And I think they did buy it, and then it started collapsing, and they sold it, or it disappeared, or, or I don't know what happened there. Yeah, look. Uh, first of all, yes, uh, I saw that uh, uh, article. It was like three hundred million profit, I think, which was yes, and definitely a uh, very large number compared to other, you know, well-known companies that exist for many years. Yeah. Um, the story of Tether for me uh, was that, like, I think it was a couple of years ago that there was this uh, speculation whether all of these dollars are really yeah. there for, you know, to back them up. And since then, two things happened. First of all, this story kind of disappeared from, from view. Nobody talks about it anymore. Yeah. They are still doing a lot of profits, as, as we can see. Uh, and, you know, Circle even became a little more kind of, you know, uh, there was this bank that went bankrupt and it wasn't sure like whether these uh, funds from Circle that went into the bank would be recovered or not. So there was panic and Circle, like the USDC, depacked uh, for, for a short period of time. And Tether kind of, you know, went onto the radar and everything is fine now. Yeah. Uh, I... 
Like, I don't think it's going to be the same story as, as Luna and Terra because, after all, yeah, there are some dollars there. So probably the reason to buy Bitcoin is different than just to kind of prop their reserves. But I don't Yeah, know. it's like I, I find that Tether is one of the most fascinating companies <laughs> in crypto just like purely for how big it's got and like the lack of transparency, like people trust it I, I i mean even myself i would personally trust i don't I'd like to throw that word around but i would trust it more than usdc or or something like this and i don't really know why uh <laughs> but i find the the whole tether thing very fascinating but i guess like a lot of the criticism that i do see about them and and i want to preface this with like uh I have no idea about Tether and I don't encourage anyone to hold it or trust it or anything. But I like, I guess if you, I guess a lot of the criticism I see about Tether is coming from like how they would have to operate given the business that they're in. I mean, they're trying to have a stable coin pegged to the U S dollar massive amounts of money they're going to get a lot of shit from banks and and like they're going to have to be kind of in dodgy sketchy jurisdictions and this kind of thing to begin with to to be able to operate in the way that they've chosen to operate uh, yeah i i totally agree and like if you if you read or if you read or saw any good articles about tether please send them to to us via the community or directly because it, it's really interesting um there was a time uh like i don't know some time ago that there was I, I was kind of expecting some kind of a big audit which would reveal that you know either the reserves are really 100 yeah. percent or the reserves are not 100%, but something, right? After all of this noise that was uh, kind of uh, people talking about it. But none of that happened. There was no audit. Instead, almost everybody else got either sued or threatened to be sued. I don't know, Paxos, Ripple, like whoever, uh, but not Tether. Yeah. And I'm like, what is like, and then I just kind of, uh, you know, stopped thinking about it. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it, it, it's really fascinating. I agree. Uh, another thing that is really surprising to me uh, is how little the uh, you know kind of collateralized stable coins are known outside of Dai. So there is Liquidity, uh, which is performing very well, has a very interesting uh, you know mechanism that we. The, you know, know that Nifrid is also based on and it has a lot of benefits, doesn't have uh, uh, any govern or active governance. Um, but the, it's relatively relatively uh, small and unknown. And I think it's it's a big uh, uh, omission like for people who are seriously into crypto. By the way, one of the points that I think we can learn uh, even from this ledger story is that, you know, after all, decentralized is better. I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, if it was open source, if it was kind of more uh, open in, in any way, it would have helped in this situation. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and it's important. So, so yeah, like I mean, if you are into stable coins and uh, uh, you you want to, go, obviously, like yeah, it's nice to have some US dollars in the bank. But if we are going with the true way of the crypto uh, liquidity, in my opinion, even Dai is much better, uh, you know, in the long term. 
to, to understand how they work and how to use them. Um, and ov obviously, Nifrit is a confidential stablecoin. So yeah, I think it's uh, in the long term that's that's what's going to survive because <laughs> one of the one of these uh, politicians I don't remember who it was. Uh, even managed to somehow say that the stablecoin is a security. Nice. Uh, yeah, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I I think I remember that it was it was USDC or something, and they were saying it's a security for some weird reason. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, how is that possible? Yeah. And I and I guess it goes back but, to what you said earlier in the at the start of the space about like some of the regulation that's being proposed in Europe being kind of vague and stuff maybe this is like a, a a strategy so that they can kind of say whatever later on like it's saying something but also giving the the kind of freedom for the future to call USDC a stablecoin for example as a security sorry yeah I mean, very difficult to figure out the reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which reminds me on one, one thing that was discussed in the community, and I don't think we talked about it before, but there was this kind of discussion about the DEX on Beam um, in terms of like whether it needs to be upgraded to more sophisticated mechanisms like uh, Uniswap V3 uh, and, and things like that. Um, so I, I just wanted to kind of briefly uh, talk about it for a few minutes towards cool. the end. So... Right now, uh, BIMDEX is very simple. It works like Uniswap V2, uh, which is the classic kind of way of building AMMs. It does not have any routers. You basically select the pool yourself and uh, you decide like where you trade. And it doesn't have any additional mechanisms. Now, Uniswap V3 is very, very different from Uniswap V2. Uh, I, used to kind of investigate and learn about it uh, some time ago. The mess there is it's absolutely crazy yeah. because the idea between uh, of Uniswap V3 is that more uh, effective use of your liquidity. Instead of putting your liquidity across the entire price range, you focus it around the current price. And this means that you can do larger trades within some range around the current price with less of a price impact. Yeah. Uh, it is important indeed. And... Uh, uh, it's important mostly when you do have a lot of trades and a lot of liquidity. Mm. And we are very, very far, very, very far from the point that we, we actually need that. Yeah. This is the one point. The second point is that when you are a liquidity provider in Uniswap V3 pool, you cannot just provide your liquidity and go you know, about your business. You need to constantly monitor whether your liquidity is still within the price range because if the price moves, and your liquidity is outside, you're not making any profits from your liquidity. Yeah. You need active management, which is not simple because there are fees to move your, your liquidity. So it's very difficult to uh, manage this, like whether you are a liquidity provider uh, or a trader. So uh, I think it's too, a little bit too early for us. I'd, I'd have to uh, agree. Yeah. And, and like it, it makes, it, at least for me, it feels far more difficult to comprehend and like interact with uni v3 versus uni v2 you can throw it in there and, and forget about it and come back later and and it will be yeah. obviously different but different in a kind of systematic way whereas 
with v3 you don't know whether you have all of one asset or all of the other or yeah yeah it's, it's much more complicated to calculate anything there. there's like a, a very uh, like a, a very sophisticated full-time job or something but having said that uh the idea is brilliant i mean yeah. the, the way you use liquidity more efficiently is i think it's amazing um so when the time comes, uh, you know, and we, we will feel that there is a need for that, uh, we will obviously consider it. But as of now, I think it's uh, uh, th these concerns are a little bit premature. Yeah. Okay. So, um, okay. So great. It was nice, uh, uh, you know, to talk uh, about uh, all kinds of stuff, uh, not just kind of, you know, beam update one after the other. Uh, but don't worry, there's always next week when, you know, the updates will come back with, you know, the web wallet will be finally there and the mobile, hope, I hope so, will also be out by next week. Uh, so we will see you next week. And uh, thank you very, very much for being with us. And thanks, Gus. Alex, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure. And, and thank you. And thank you to all of the community, those that joined and, and those that are, putting in a lot of effort and, and support and this kind of thing. Massively grateful and, and keep it up. Thank you. See you next See week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.